<laughs> Welcome to another Kirby's Kids Holiday Special. Happy Holidays and welcome back kids and thanks for listening as we kick off the holiday season in fine fashion here on Kirby's Kids with the Superstar Holiday Special, the DC Special Series, issue number 21 which was published in December of 1979 with a cover date of April 1980. This is quite the find. It is of its time and absolutely spectacular, not only from a nostalgia perspective of anyone that grew up in the Bronze Age of comics, and that was their comics experience, but these stories, and there are five all-new stories, From Batman, House of Mystery, Jonah Hex, Sergeant Rock, and Superboy and the Legion. Now, this is quite the combination of dissimilar characters that DC built into this superstar holiday special. It's... I I couldn't have asked for a, a more... Odd couple uh, <laughs> grouping together <laughs> of characters at the time. This isn't as if DC offered up the Holy Trinity of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. No, 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 no. We, we, we don't have Superman, but we got Superboy. We do have Batman, so we have one of the three. But we're going to throw you Sergeant Rock. We're going to throw in a little Jonah Hex. We're going to go and throw in the House of Mystery folks. And, and Sergeant Rock... Wow. So here is the premise, and it opens up with, The midnight sky is an infinite tapestry woven with pinpoint patterns of stars that shine in eternal propulsion. But there is one star that shines more brightly than the rest. On a wintry night, almost 2,000 years ago, three wise and weary kings of ancient lands followed that brightly shining star to be a sheltered stable in the village of Bethlehem and the world would never again be the same on that same night in centuries since that star has shone again over war-torn Italy over the snow-swept Colorados over bustling Gotham City over a ramshackle Kentucky mansion and over a world that is yet to be The star has made its presence felt. Come along with the world's greatest heroes to follow that star, and your world, too, may never again be the same. So that's our premise. The common thread throughout all of these five new stories, individual stories, is the Star of Bethlehem. The star hanging over that nativity scene there. And how it has continued to shine through the ages. And we time jump in this. We we have Tales of the Past in the Old West with Jonah Hex. We have War-Torn Europe with Sergeant Rock. We have Present Day with Batman. The House of Mystery folks, they're pretty much timeless. And far, far flung in the future is Superboy. And that Legion of Superheroes. So, 
in our first story with Jonah Hex, we have Jonah in the Colorados, and he is riding his horse in the snow by night, and there's the star in the east, and he comes across an older gentleman and his young daughter, and this older gentleman is about to kill a baby deer, and Jonah Hex intervenes and says, no, 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 sir, let, let me nurse this uh, young deer back to health. Your, your daughter is so upset, doesn't want you to kill it, and I promise you, in exchange, I will find you Christmas dinner. Well, then we have a flashback that happens, and Jonah recounts his youth, where he finds a sick raccoon that he nurses back to health, but then comes to find out that his parents end up serving up that raccoon at the dinner table in some stew. And this is a very, very distraught Jonah Hex, who is scarred for life, having had this happen as a kid. So now you understand the, the tenderness, the warm-heartedness, the compassion that he has for this young daughter wanting to see this baby deer not harmed. So Jonah ends up putting uh, some lead into a group known as the Barlow Brothers, and they're most wanted. So he's after a bounty, and after he gets done doing that, he sees that the Barlow gang had a bunch of tack and trail mix and jerky and all that sort of stuff and takes that to the house of the older gentleman and the young daughter in being a man of his word. And I'm not a religious man, but a religious man would be tempered to say it was that lucky star up there that led me to the Toll Brothers and that knapsack full of vittles. But since I ain't a religious man, a spouse, I'll just keep on, keep my mouth shut and be grateful. So there you go. That, uh, that, that's how we end out the Jonah Hex. We begin with the star and end with the star. In Batman, it's Christmas in Gotham. First, a layer of pale snow had touched the city, and now sleet and the color of steel slants across the streets from the north. Silent as the child's prayer, the Batman guides through the shadowed avenues, thinking, Christmas or no crime goes on. Somebody even stole the star from that nativity scene. Well, I can't be concerned with that now. I've got a bigger problem. Wanted Santa Claus, dead or alive. Now, the, the uh, also a common thread in all of these stories, with the exception of our last one, which is with Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes, is all of these comics are gritty. They're violent. I mean, street violent. And really reflect the times we were coming out of, of the 70s. And these realistic films up on screen, you know, Taxi Driver and all of that sort of thing. And wow, some of these themes in this book are grim. Really grim. Particularly for a holiday special, which really floors me that DC would do this. And it really what makes this thing a hidden gem. So the premise behind this one is Batman is in search of Santa Claus because this Santa Claus is a former con and 
the basic premise is that Batman crashes his Christmas party in a gangland hideout and forces a gang boss named Matty Lasco to tell him that there's a boat waiting in Gotham Harbor for his old cellmate, Boomer Katz. And Boomer has now gotten out of jail and he is a department store Santa. Well, what's not divulged to Batman is that he, meaning Boomer Katz, is being set up to be the insider for a gang to hit that department store right there at the height of Christmas shopping and basically grab all the money, all the proceeds, all the receipts. And there we have a brilliant star at the end of this story pouring its light through a hole where the stolen star of Bethlehem had been on the nativity scene right outside the department store. And it outlines uh, Boomer and his captor, and Batman takes out the crook in time, and he and Boomer look up again, and the brilliant star is gone. So, again, the magic and wonderment of Christmas here. So, Batman foils the plot and also rescues Boomer because Boomer was taken by some of the thugs, uh, essentially to be killed, because Boomer would not go along with the plot. They actually had to forcibly uh, get Boomer to cooperate and get them into the department store. So then we head to our House of Mystery crew. And this one is just completely zany. In the House of Mystery story, we have both Cain and Abel in there. Uh, we also have Destiny in there as a character. We also get a visit here in this one from none other than... None other than... Phantom Stranger and Madame Xanadu. And what this story is about is there's the group of witches that routinely hang out in House of Mystery. And they've got a story to tell. And they're all trying to outdo each other with holiday stories. And the holiday stories all center around that star again, the Star of Bethlehem. And they're zany stories, as you can imagine. And the story ends with essentially gifts being delivered the magic and the power of Christmas and then all of a sudden poof he's gone the delivery of gifts and the thought being that maybe perhaps Phantom Stranger was actually really Santa Claus in disguise he's gone maybe he no he didn't go up the chimney Lunkhead Hey, did somebody just hear ho, ho, ho? And that was Santa Claus. So after all of this back and forth and these telling of stories, ultimately it's Santa who comes to bring gifts and spread Christmas cheer and essentially break up the House of Mystery crew, bickering back and forth as far as who had the better holiday story. Then we turn our attention to war-torn Europe and to Sergeant Rock of Easy Company in The Longest Night. And here Sergeant Rock is in Italy. And he runs into a group of pilgrims, essentially townsfolk, who want to go pray at the shrine for St. Maria. And where are you going, sister? Where our people have gone to pray for a miracle for the past 800 years, Sergeant, to the shrine 
at Santa Maria. Better wait till the war is over for that, Miracle Sister. The enemies in Santa Maria, they'll zero in on the candles you're using and light your way and then kill you. Go back. But the pilgrims persist. So Sergeant Rock is then set in motion, takes action and says, look, we need to get there to the shrine as fast as possible and get the Nazis out of there or else they're absolutely going to kill all of these pilgrims. Sergeant Rock utilizes that Star of Bethlehem to the east, which apparently is illuminating the way to where the shrine is, to Santa Maria. And what's interesting about this one really dates itself (laughs) as the uh, politically incorrect nature of a lot of the dialogue here of a soldier in Europe at the time in Italy. And Rock is very, very rough and says, we've got to take the town before those Pisons get there, or it'll be a massacre with those candles, their walking bullseyes. And he's referring to these poor villagers in that way, and nuns among them too. It's just, it's again of the times. And there's an awful lot of violence in here and gun play and hand grenades being thrown, and ultimately Sergeant Rock, in order to get the Germans out of there, ends up blowing up the shrine to Santa Maria. And he didn't realize that that statue was actually the shrine itself. And all the pilgrims happened to show up, and now the the shrine's gone. There's there's no nowhere to play. Where Pray, where are they going for their pilgrimage? And at the very last minute, the sky's clear, and the star in the east, the star of Bethlehem, shines down on everyone. And no, Bambino, the miracle is in the skies. It's there. It's the star of Bethlehem, the Christmas star, a shining beacon in our hour of darkness. Faith needs no shrine. Our hearts are shrines, and our love can light up the world. And that's how Sergeant Rock ends. Again, th- that Christmas spirit being infused and you got a twofer here you have sergeant rock beating up the germans and getting them out of that village so those villagers who are going on the pilgrimage can go there but it's bittersweet because he blows up the shrine but at the last minute you've got the star that bethlehem star shining down on all and then finally our last story Starlight, star bright, farthest star I see tonight. The Legion of Superheroes with Superboy. And this one was the most conventional of the stories. Meaning, it was of the times, it's it's more kid-friendly, and essentially Superboy attends the Legion's Christmas celebration and conceives the idea of having the Legion track down the Christmas star. There you go. Plain and simple. And it's a lot of interaction back and forth. The art is beautiful in this one. And this is done by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. God bless his name. And Dick Giordano. Those are our artists for this. Paul Levitz is the writer. It's very much a nice bow being tied on all of this. So this one is absolutely gorgeous to behold. The art is absolutely spectacular. For that matter, let's delve into the art for a second here. The two superstars in this, as far as art is concerned, reside in this legion of superheroes because you have that pairing of Jose Luis Garcia Lopez and 
Dick Giordano. Uh, you need to say more. But both of them are legends, illustrative legends, as far as art is concerned. Then the other highlight, artistically speaking, resides over in Batman. And this one was a mind blower for me. This is, I have to think, the earliest rendering of Batman by none other than Frank Miller. Yes, that Frank Miller who would bring us The Dark Knight and that entire book in the mid-80s. Here he is, while still being employed by Marvel, doing Daredevil, no less, doing this one-shot. And Denny O'Neill is the writer. Oh my gosh, what a combination. Denny O'Neill writing and Frank Miller being the artist for this one. And that wanted Santa Claus Dead or Alive, absolutely gorgeous to behold. Now, the other stories in here are rough. They, artistically speaking. And that and that really lends a lot to the style. When you think of the Old West, you don't think of polished. You think of dusty and dirty and gritty. Well, that is certainly the art that we get here by Dick Ayers and uh, uh, Romeo uh, Tagal. Those are our artists here for Jonah Hex. And it's great. It's very reminiscent of the sketching, the fine penciling work. The inking on this one looks like it was done with the express intent of preserving as much of the pencils as possible. And that comes through. So it is a softer line, if you will. But but gritty, as far as the action is concerned. Then, when we're talking House of Mystery, House of Mystery, you're talking spooky. You're talking horror comics. There's really nothing that's supposed to look refined there. It's supposed to look dark and gritty. Well, that's what you get with House of Mystery here. And in this House of Mystery, the artists are Romeo Tagal again and Dan Atkins. And they deliver. It looks spooky. It looks like a horror comic. It's not bright. It's dark. It, it, it's it's definitely has a a uh, level of unrefinement, and I mean that in the most complimentary term that a horror comic should have. And then finally, Sergeant Rock. Nothing is more grittier than wartime in a wartime comic. So a wartime comic should look rough, should look gritty, should look war-torn. I mean, the opening page has bullet holes in a calendar as an illustration. So, again, I think the art styles service their stories beautifully. And overall, this was a fantastic read to kick off the holiday season. And we hope you will join us this holiday season as we enter into December And our graphic novel of the month is actually a Ray Otis-inspired, suggested, classic, Walt Disney's Donald Duck, Christmas in Duckburg, the complete Carl Barks Disney Library. And this is volume 21. So we'll be reading Christmas in Duckburg. And we will also be reading, as our comic book character of the month, our The Christmas Ghosts, from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, Marvel Classics Comics, issue number 36, A Christmas Carol. Ebenezer Scrooge learns the lessons of his lifetime on a haunted Christmas Eve, 
And this is a faithful adaptation of Charles Dickens' holiday classic, A Christmas Carol. And yours truly, Angus, will be providing that dramatic reading as we get closer to that magical day. (laughs) 